guys welcome back to pick swap media uh, i'm here with ryan today we're going to do a little bit of talking about sixers summer league game two picked up their first win over the jazz uh 86 to 82 and kind of a hard fought sloppy and scrappy victory so we're excited to uh, dive in talk about some takeaways before we jump right into it i do want to give a shout out to our sponsor uh at the sportsdisplays.com we're excited to announce our partnership uh with the sportsdisplays.com they're the creators of a unique product the jersey mount, which can be installed to any surface and is significantly cheaper than the hundreds of dollars it usually costs for this type of quality product. Check the link in the description and use code uh, PICKSWAP at checkout to get 10% off and free shipping. You'll, you won't regret the products. It's perfect for any man cave, dorm, or anything else you need, so make sure to check that out. So, Ryan, how are you doing today, and what were your initial thoughts on the Sixers Summer League last night? I'm good. I'm uh, excited to be here today. It was good to see some Sixers basketball again last night. Um, saw some some things I liked out of some guys, and there was a few things that uh, kind of a few guys that kind of left me wanting more. So excited to dive into it uh, and get to some of these guys today. Yeah, definitely. So we saw in the the opening summer league mat- matchup, there were some real positive flashes from guys like B-Ball Paul, uh, Isaiah Joe, and Jaden Springer. They were given the night off for game two for reconditioning reasons, which kind of paved the way. For some of the more unquestioned guys to get, I guess, a more shake, more fair shakeout and trial, uh, I feel like we are best off starting off with Charles Bassey, who struggled a little bit in game one, but I thought looked much more comfortable in game two. He led the Sixers in scoring with 17 points, also added nine rebounds, four steals, four turnovers, and five fouls, shot seven of 12 from the field, uh, looked effective in the pick and roll. What were your thoughts on Bassey last night? Yeah, the thing that sticks out to me most about Bassey, I feel like, is he's always playing hard when he's on the floor. He constantly has that high-running motor. Um, and the Sixers really have still, outside of Andre Drummond for, what was that, three or four months, haven't really had that established backup five-man behind Embiid. So if Bassey can turn into a guy that can you know give you 10 to 12 minutes and even give you some spot starts throughout the season, that will be big for the Sixers team going forward. Um, and he did it against uh, Kofi Coburn last night, who I really don't think is going to be a great NBA player, maybe a serviceable guy, but that's like an NBA body um, <clears throat> and a really productive college player that he was going up against for most of the night. So um, th- those were some positives for me from him. <clears throat> he shot three of four from the free throw line as well, and his form looks pretty good. So if he's going to be able to give you, like I said, 10 to 12 minutes, go in, hit some free throws, get to the line, rebound the ball, um, even contributed four steals. So he had a pretty impressive night last night in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. I thought he looked much better in game two. I also love Kofi Coburn and hope he finds a way to latch on to the league. Uh, but I do think Bassey stood up well against him. I, I, I thought he looked much more comfortable in this game. My concern with Bassey is, I guess, I think the perception of him is he's much more polished than he actually is. He still looks kind of a little bit clumsy out there. He still kind of has the balls bouncing off his hands sometimes. And he's also a player that is very reliant on the supporting cast around him, especially with like he pretty much needs a guard paired with him to create his offense. He's He showed some okay flashes in, like, the post. He had a nice spin to the left. He had a little uh, a floater that he went to a couple times. But in rea- reality, like, his main offensive weapon is always going to be as a lob threat. I think his NBA, like, pathway is kind of in that, like, Clint Capella type of mold type where 
And obviously we've seen great success next to James Harden. So I get the appeal of doing that. I also was a little bit underwhelmed by the defense. Uh, I, his kind of reputation at the G League level, he was a, a great shot blocker. He's been a terrific rim protector. I didn't really see that. I haven't through the first two games. Uh, he just kind of like, I feel like players attack him without fear, which to me is a big deal for a center and something that I look for. So when we get into kind of the backup center discussion, it's a little bit surprising to me that I think B-ball Paul is uh, significantly farther in the process at this point. Do you agree with that or do you think it's still a pretty open competition? Yeah, the thing with me, uh, with Paul Reed, is like he'll give you good minutes out there and you like what you see from time to time. But I feel like for a center, he's like frail. And like you kind of notice that, like, I'm not sure his exact, like the exact number, but I feel like he fouls a lot. Like his mm-hmm. per like 60 foul numbers, I think would be are the thing that like makes like keeps him off the floor the most because he can get in foul trouble because there'd be times where he would go in, he'd be playing well, but you look up and he'd have three fouls, which at the same time, not the worst thing considering you probably only need him for like 12 to 15 minutes at night. But still, you'd like to have your center not fouls much. So um, I think it'd be a pretty good competition between those two going forward. Um, Paul's definitely more like evolved, like skill wise, and I think brings a little bit more to the table. Um, but if you just need like a minutes eater and a guy just to go out there and get rebounds and hopefully defend the rim a little bit better, Baskey might be uh, might be like leading the charge with that, I guess. Yeah, definitely. T- totally a fair point there. I personally sit in the camp of like, I don't really care about foul issues for a backup center. I'm kind of in the like, go use them. We need you for 15 minutes tops. You can use all, all six and 15 minutes if you need to. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my position with B-ball ball. Obviously in the long term, it's something that he should improve on, but it's not something that I, I would rather a guy – bring the production for limited minutes than be okay in extended minutes. But I do think it's a, a nice kind of two different flavors of backup centers that they're developing with Bassey and Reed. So uh, exciting to see both of them taking some strides forward. Uh, we'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, to transition to the next guy, and this has been a guy that I've hyped up since first coming to Philly and even a little bit before, is Trevlin Queen. So it started last night, uh, his first Sixers action, he ended with 15 points, four rebounds three assists and two steals, shot five of 12 from the field. But I thought he did some really nice things out there. What were your initial thoughts on traveling clean in a Sixers jersey? Yeah, I thought he had like a nice like creative game and doing that like at his size was was pretty cool to see. That was my first time seeing him. Um, something that stood out to me was that play like towards the very end of the game. I think there was like 20 seconds left. He had that nice dime to Bassey and he was unable to finish the dunk. But he kind of showed off some like really nice vision, um, ability like to, to score the ball at, at the rim, get like some crafty finishes. So he was an intriguing player to me. Um, I really don't know how well he'll fit in into like the backcourt as of right now with Maxi and Harden eating up most of the minutes. But um, if he's able to come in and earn a spot and, and prove that he can shoot the outside shot a little bit more, not sure his overall numbers um, going back to his college days and whatnot, but he only shot one of four last night. So I think if you're going to compete for major minutes in that backcourt, you really have to be able to stand out and shoot the ball well. So that's something I think that he's going to need to improve on going forward. Yeah, it's difficult for guys kind of on that that fringe looking in just how important just three-point numbers are and how much that is like a make or break for whether or not you get minutes. But for Trevlin Queen, I was very impressed with what I saw last night. I thought he played comfortably. He hit that first three of the game for the Sixers, which I think was awesome to see. Uh, I thought he had a real nice feel as a passer, played very decisive. I thought he was a, he passed – more effectively than the numbers indicate as far as setting up Bassey. I thought he did a real nice job of looking for him. And he just has a skill set that I think the Sixers are missing and that he's very effective in. You, you see kind of 
the hooping ability, the the ability to just get a bucket, the confidence, the swagger, the zest that he plays with. Uh, that he had an also real nice kind of acrobatic lay-in to really ice the game at the very end, which was impressive. Uh, I I just love him. I th- I think he fits. He's a guy that I I really do believe they must find a way to keep on this top f- fifteen roster. I don't know what the minutes would necessarily look like, but he's just the type of player that I think the Sixers need, and I'm excited. I think he definitely deserves a, uh, a chance to stick, and uh, I'm excited to see what he really can be with a full year in the NBA. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to track his development going forward um, and see what he brings. The big thing with the NBA is that it's such a long season. You need guys like him who, all right, if Harden's out for a night, Maxie's out for a night, something like that, you need a guy like him who has – the ability to just go out there and get you 20 points on like a random Tuesday in January. And I think he brings that to the table. So that's one of the big things about filling out the rest, the rest of your bench in the NBA, finding guys who can bring a certain thing to a team uh, that can help you win a game, like in the middle of the season when everything might not be going as well as planned. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Another guy that we've kind of seen bounce, bounce back and forth a little bit with the <clears throat> Brown Jr. Uh, I thought it was a pretty solid game from this yeah. last night. He had 12 points three rebounds, two steals, one turnover, shot four of seven from the field. He also left, uh, went to the locker room, grabbing his face after a little bit of a collision. Didn't look like anything major, but hopefully he is all good. Uh, any thoughts on Charlie Brown Jr. last night and kind of his fit in the Sixers uh, organization? Yeah, I mean, me and you were kind of talking back and forth last night about this. Um, he brings, I think, a lot of different things to the table. He's got good size and athleticism. Um, and he can get up and finish above the rim. I like to see him, like, play in transition a little bit more with, like, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, guys like that. Um, but if he's unable to consistently hit the outside shot, that's really going to – that's going to be, like, his calling card in the NBA. If he can hit the outside shot – on a consistent like 35 to like 38% basis, then he'll be able to stick around in the league. If not, it's going to be hard to play. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. You have to be able to defend and shoot the three ball well if you're a wing who's not like a elite level scorer. So going forward, just like I was saying with Queen, he needs to be able to shoot the ball more if he wants to stick on this roster um, and eventually play a role for the Sixers going forward. Yeah, definitely. He, I, I like the the activity he plays with. I think he really just burst onto the scene with the Sixers last year because he was this like active <clears throat> athlete in a way that they really didn't have. He, I, I'm, he's kind of molding into like the Matisse Thybulle type of mold, which I don't necessarily like see his hit, his fit. Like I, I, I see him as more of a traditional wing. I think he can be. I agree. I think the three point shooting is pretty much his swing skill for whether or not he can stick in the NBA. But I, I love his effort, his ability. Like, he picked up guys full court for a couple times, like, randomly throughout the game, which was cool to see. He picked a, picked a guy's pocket in the backcourt, turned that into a dunk, got out and transitioned very well. He's a high-level athlete, a guy that competes. I, I would like for Charlie Brown Jr. to stick. He's currently on the two-way contract. I haven't seen anything from other guys that would make me want them ahead of them ahead of him in that role. So I think he sticks as a two-way guy for this year for now. Uh, I, I'm rooting for him. He's a guy that I would like to see succeed, but – I, I would like to see a little more growth in just the three-point ability, the, just the movement offensively and finding his spot. I think he sometimes overcuts, which is a little bit of like a, a weird criticism because that's something that the Sixers miss often. But sometimes I, I feel like he gets a little bit too much in the way when he's like just going to the basket rather than like, we need you to kind of sit in the corner and space the floor here and that kind of thing. But I, I liked what I saw from him last night. I thought he did uh, move his needle in the positive direction for the Sixers' outlook. Yeah, I saw uh, Keith Pompey tweeted too that he's like he thought he really stood out and um, is 
potentially playing for like a full-time roster spot. So um, that's kind of good, I guess, coming from one of the main Sixers guys as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, a guy to that kind of underwhelmed me through these first two games is Julian Champigny. So the St. John's product, He had, last night he ended with five points, 10 rebounds, one assist, and one block. Shot two of 11 from the field and 0 for 6 from three. I get it's tough purely judging a guy off two limited summer league game actions. He's the other two-way slot on the Sixers right now. But I would like to see more from Champigny. Uh, what are your thoughts on him as a player overall and what you've seen from him so far in summer league? Yeah, having watched a lot of Big East basketball over the years, um, having checked out St. John's Light, he's a really solid player. Um, but he might have like been tapped out in college. Like I don't really see much much more room for growth for him as a player. He's not like a super athlete, but he's a guy who does a little bit of everything. Like as we saw 10 rebounds last night as like a six, six wing, that's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> but just like we were saying with Brown, just like I said, with queen, it went over six shooting the three ball last night. If you're not going to shoot the ball well, and you're not going to be that elite level defender, like Matisse can be at times, um, you're going to struggle to stick, stick in this league. So, um, he's a guy I would like to keep around, see, see, track that development a little bit more, see how that jump shot develops over his time, um, and see if it, <clears throat> excuse me, can progress a little bit more. Um, but I'm excited to uh, kind of track that development, and hopefully he sticks around because I think he's a guy who can help a team win basketball games night in and night out. Yeah, I was excited about the addition of him. I think he has NBA-level talent. He was a guy that has kind of been on the NBA fringes for a couple of years now. He took a little bit of a shooting dip in his senior year of college, which kind of took him off the radar, and it, which is why he ain't really ended up going undrafted. But I like his game. He, Like you said, he can do a little bit of everything. But at the end of the day, like he's at his best as a shooter. So like, I, there just needs to be more of that. And once again, it's very difficult to, to judge off just like six three-point attempts in one game. Like when you look at the shooting splits, how hard it is to like really judge a guy off that. But I just would like to see a little bit more and I, I, on both sides of the ball, too, defensively. Like, you kind of have to make your presence felt in these summer league games, and I, I don't think Champigny has done a good enough job of that yet. So I'd like to see him turn it around. Yeah, you have to – I think I think that's a big thing in these summer league games. You have to do, like, something to stick out. Like, what makes you unique that you're going to be able to contribute in front of Daryl Morey watching to the Sixers, like, when we watch Bassey, like saying like, all right, he's rebounding the ball while he's playing hard. That kind of sticks out to me. Queen, he's like a crafty player, uh, showed the ability to score, showed the ability to pass. Champagne, he has to either be doing like knocking down threes, uh, playing really good defense. He rebounded really well, so that stuck out to me. But um, these summer league games, I think it's all about like standing out. You're not looking for wins and losses, but kind of what can a guy bring to your team that's like a unique asset. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a difficult setting for a guy to separate themselves from the group. And you are kind of looking for that NBA skill. And a guy that texting back and forth last night, we talked about that. My concern with him is that he kind of lacks that is Cassius Winston. I thought it was an overall solid game from Winston. Uh, he ended with uh, 11 points, shot two of 10 from the field, but also added six assists and four rebounds and a steal. What do you think of Winston as a player and what he showed last night? So he's a guy I was high on coming out of college. Um, I thought he would go to maybe like the Spurs or the Heat and just be that like prototypical like rock solid backup point guard that they typically always find a way to have. Uh, that hasn't really happened yet, but I think there's definitely a role for him on this team, kind of like what I was saying with Bassey as a guy who could be a spot starter and like a minutes eater. Because you look at the depth chart right now at like the point guard spot, the really only people that they have is Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. 
We know Harden isn't the most durable player. Tyrese Maxey has been great throughout his first two years, but you have to figure, you know, eventually someone's going to get banged up here and there. He's a guy who I think can come in and like steady the ship, run the team. Like you, like you said, doesn't really have a definable NBA skill, not going to be a superstar player, but you know, if he goes out there and he puts up four points, six assists and like five rebounds and gives you like 10 starts a year and when Harden's out or he's able to come in and just eat some minutes on, like I was saying, a random Tuesday night in January, I think there's definitely a spot for him on this team. Um, just as someone who's like a steady, steady the ship type of guy, run the show and just be that rock solid type of point guard. Um, not gonna, you don't, you're not going to rely on him to score the ball much, but just dish it out to teammates, run the show. I think there's a spot for him on this team going forward. Yeah, I like Cassius Winston. I have since college. Uh, he's, he's just solid. Like, that's the number one word I kind of think of when, like, looking at him is he's not a guy that's ever going to jump off the page doing anything crazy, but he plays within his role. He does his job at a fairly high level. I don't know. I wouldn't mind keeping him around. He's not a guy that's, like, super high on my list. I don't see uh, a super high ceiling for him. I think he kind of is what he is at this point and as, like, potentially a backup point guard, a guy that, like you said, can steady the ship. I saw a shout-out AB at the Open Gym podcast was comparing him to Rajon Rondo as kind of, like, stylistically what he could be at the NBA level. I, I think I don't think he has a, a Rondo ceiling either. I think he's below that. But I get what he's saying. Maybe, like, the, this version of Rajon Rondo that we're seeing as, as the backup, as a guy that can sling it around, set the offense, and that's about it. Uh, to swing it to – I'll do two more groupings here. So two guys are Miles Powell and uh, Grant Riller that I want to kind of group together here. Uh, both guys have some experience on the Sixers two-way two contracts. I thought Miles Powell did a good job last night. I thought he kind of, for the first time in really a, a while with the Sixers, kind of just let loose and just let himself hoop. He had a nice kind of three-pointer where he had the big man dancing on the in the backcourt and hit one over him. And uh, hit back-to-back threes that were got hot for a little bit in a way that was fun to see. Grant Wheeler, on the other hand, I thought showed some super positive flashes in game one. And then I was real disappointed with what I saw in game two. So uh, what were your thoughts on those two? Do you see uh, an NBA or Sixers future for either one of them? Yeah, so the thing with Powell is he's going to go out there and he's going to get his shots up. He's going to try and get his. That's what he does best. Um, we see him go five for 13 last night. But the thing with him is, other than, I feel like, scoring the basketball, I mean, he had four steals last night, but he's by no means, like, a very good defender. Um, other than scoring the basketball, what does he really bring to a team? And, like, at, like, 6'2", 6'3", as a shooting guard, he's too small. He's not that good on defense. Um, as much as I loved watching him throughout his college time, and even watching him last night, you saw he still has that ability to go out and score. Uh, it's just hard to find a, a spot for him, I think, going forward in the NBA. So I don't really see much of a future – for him with us, um, I think if he's a guy who like goes overseas, he'll be like a, one of those like MVPs in one of those European leagues or something. Like he, yeah. he, he has that ability to go out and just flat out score the ball, but not a top level athlete, not really great size. It's going to be hard for him to stick around, I think. And then when it comes to Riller, he was a guy I really liked a few years coming out of Charleston. Um, I thought he would be like a, a nice, nice piece on an NBA roster as like a spot up outside shooter. Um, didn't really even get much burn last night. Did did he play a lot the night before? Uh, not at, not not that much. I believe his numbers were. I'll try and pull it up. But he <clears throat> under twenty minutes. But he scored twelve points. That he he really made his presence felt in those minutes. Another kind of limited minutes last night, which surprised me. 
Yeah, I thought I thought he was like out of just out of names on of the roster on these guys on the roster. I thought he would have been a guy who played you know a little bit more, um, maybe like to see a little bit more out of because he is a guy who can go up and, and fill up the stat sheet, get you some buckets. So um, going forward throughout Las Vegas, I'd like to see a little bit more of him and, and see like what a enhanced opportunity would do for him. Yeah, it's been frustrating just the career arc for him. He, I think, if he did not get hurt with the shoulder injury and had to be shut down next year, that there was a path for him to get some minutes with the Sixers team at a skill set that they need. I, I agree. I think Rillo is the more clean NBA fit out of the two. Uh, I like Miles Powell. I'm glad he was around last year. Uh, I think it's cool to have that kind of microwave scoring ability, but also for a guy that is undersized and lacks playmaking ability, like there's limited NBA roles for him and what he can really bring to a team. And unfortunately, there's a lot of guys that can fill it up in the same way at the NBA level. For Riller, I would like to see just just more. Like I, I've been surprised. I agree. I thought he would play more, and I think he's earned a chance to play more. Uh, but last night was not a strong performance for him. Uh, versus in Game One, when he kind of had his chance, he he kind of took it personal. I thought he separated real well, used his burst to get to the basket and create shots for himself. That wasn't the case in Game Two. He was pretty passive, shot over three from the field, and that's just not going to get it done. This is him competing for a chance anywhere around the NBA, and I'm he's a guy I'm rooting for. I would like to see more of it. So I hope he switches flips into attack mode for the remainder of summer league. And we'll see what happens. The, uh, the last two guys I want to jump into are Aminu Muhammad and Michael Foster jr. So two guys that are much more unproven when we're talking about miles Powell and Grant Riller, both are 23 and 25. I believe these two guys, Aminu Muhammad and Michael Foster jr. Are both under 20 years old, still earlier in their development. It's still very raw. What are your opening thoughts on what they can do and kind of the pathway you see for these guys? Yeah, so I don't have much on these guys, uh, especially Mohammed. I, I really didn't even recognize him playing much last night. That I feel like that doesn't really bode well for him if he's not really standing out in, in these games. Um, Foster, this is like kind of the thing with the whole G League for me. Like it was crazy that was because wasn't he a top 10 guy? Yeah, yeah, top. I think he was yeah. the number seven recruit. Yeah, so, I mean, a top-10 guy winds up going undrafted, um, and now I, I don't think he has much of a shot to make the Sixers roster, but at the same time, <clears throat> they might stash him as one of those guys who, all right, he's a highly ranked high school guy. He's got the talent. Uh, we've seen it before. Let's see if we can tap into it a little bit more and develop him into an NBA player. Um, <clears throat> I think he needs to play a lot better, though, going forward if he wants a chance at this NBA roster. It's just crazy to me how he goes from – top 10 recruit spends here in the G league really goes, I think unnoticed. And then even when you look at Jalen, Jaden Hardy, he was a top five guy and he, he fell all the way to the second round. So this G league arc has been, I think good for some guys, but really detrimental to some others. And I think Foster is one of those guys on the detrimental end. Yeah. I think if he went to college and took that <clears> halfway, he would probably be looking at a, a, a better career trajectory right now. It's interesting the lack of buzz surrounding him that it was at the draft and continues to be because even with the G League Ignite, he still averaged 17 and 10. He still had some very productive games and showed some really nice flashes. And he clearly has that pedigree, has that talent. But at the same time, when you kind of look into the details and fine comb his game, like there's some issues that need to be worked out. His pick and roll defense is super concerning. Uh, the, the shot form doesn't look great. He's a little bit of a jacker, which doesn't kind of translate to the role that they're going to need him in. Uh, for Muhammad, he's a guy that come, coming out of Georgetown, he's pretty much like a, a toolsy wing that just kind of has very little offensive game at this point. He's pretty much everywhere defensively, but doesn't really have a pathway on the offensive game. 
And from my perspective, I'm just kind of like, that is not the the skill set the Sixers need to be stockpiling guys at. Like we already have a Matisse Thybulle, we already have a Charlie Brown Jr. That like Amina Muhammad, I think, is kind of cut from that cloth, and that's not like a position I think you need to have depth in on a team. So I, I would I'm rooting for the best for him. I'm surprised he came out of college after just one season. I think he's a guy that would have benefited from sticking around for a couple of years. I do think there could be a path for Michael Foster Jr. in the long term. I don't think he's going to be clocking any real minutes this year, but I think a couple more years like at the G League level or in the swing, keeping him in the organization and giving him a chance to develop could be worth it. But I do think he's still a couple of years away, as are both these guys. Yeah. The thing with Mohammed is um, playing at Georgetown. And they were one of the worst teams in college basketball this year. I think they won no conference games. So he's not really having much of a stellar season there, and, and he still comes out. So um, some of the moves by some, some of these guys, I understand they want to chase their dreams and try and get paid, but especially in the era of, like, NIL, I feel like guys staying in school better or for a few more years will be better for their development, and they can still make some money anyway. Um, I think we're going to see – more guys like Mohammed eventually stay in school, <clears throat> get that money, <clears throat> excuse me, get that money and then continue that development in college. Um, that's something I, I want to see from these guys going forward because I don't like to see guys like like him, talented players who, you know, come out a little t- too early uh, and then their their career kind of goes by the wayside if they if they don't latch on at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of what we're seeing with James Springer <clears throat> as well, who uh, obviously the Sixers first round pick last year. He's still only 19 years old and still very early in his developmental process. And it's frustrating to have, like, used a first-round pick on a guy that you expect to make somewhat of an impact. And obviously he's following, like, the massive shoes of Tyrese Maxey who came in and was a game-changing talent from day one. And that's not Jaden Springer, and I still believe in him in the long term. I think he has a ton of impressive tools. But it takes a while for some of these guys to put the pieces together. And sometimes rushing that process from college to the NBA makes it even more difficult when kind of you – you have more freedom to work through the kinks in college and have like more wiggle room to make mistakes. That's not the case in the NBA. It's such a high pressure like that. So I agree. I would like to see more guys stick around. Is there anybody else that you had uh, made notable uh, impact for you last night or any other takeaways? Uh, well, in terms of last night, nobody, but one guy I'm excited to see going forward in Las Vegas is Petrusev. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to his Gonzaga days, a, a big who's able to step out and, and shoot the thing that's an intriguing potential asset to add to the Sixers uh, front court. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table in Vegas. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to play out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be excited for him as well. Uh, former Adriatic League MVP. A guy that it was interesting last year when he came that the 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 eye test and kind of the book on him were vastly different in terms of coming out of the draft. He was looked at as a guy that was like a high impact offensive player who lacked on the defensive end. And then from what he showed in summer league, he really made some nice reads protecting the rim and was pretty much a zero offensively. So it will be interesting to see what he adds to his game and uh, what he really can bring. So I'll also be looking forward to that. Uh, I think that's all we got for you guys here today. Uh, Make sure to check out Ryan's recent uh, quarterback top five to watch and top five to avoid for fantasy moving forward. Going to be a a bunch more fantasy football content from him. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we will talk with you guys next time.